mean yeah. Josh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to tell you what, right at the beginning, I am not in a good place to do this oh, right well. now at all in any way. Um, it's Super Tuesday, Mad. folks. And right now, what time is it? You got your phone on you. It's like 8 no. o'clock. Uh, oh, it is 8. Oh. It's 8 o'clock on Super Tuesday. We put off doing the podcast for no particular reason, but I had a busy weekend. Yeah, and I, I was here. W- yeah, well, you've been busy too. I mean, there's been goings on. Yeah. But uh, so we happen to be doing it on Super Tuesday. Welcome to our live coverage. This the, is? Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. It's happening. The uh, TV's on behind me, and that's very intentional in my case. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't be looking at it. I'm, no. I'm using the podcast right now as an excuse to ah. get my mind off this, hopefully. Ah. Uh, but part of this preface is that, like, I'm genuinely asking you friend to friend, not green and lewis friend oh to not look at the television to, no no you're allowed to look at the television and comment mm. if you want but like you're gonna have to bear with me seriously i've been a wreck all day well this is just nervous this... and now it's coming in and you know we're we're really early in the night but it's looking like a fucking disaster this is why we announced the green and lewis uh proposal for the city of new york to secede from america that's true yeah i'm you know i don't know how i feel about that anymore I'm starting to feel like you. I think we've reversed roles a little bit. I want my Idaho bunker now. Oh. I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to get into the sticks and just go full libertarian, mm. off the grid, Second Amendment, gun-toting. No, I want, like, you know, the island and its surrounding, uh, what are these called? Burrows? To be a fortress against everything else? Yeah. Because I think that's fair. I guess so. I mean, uh, I don't I feel like that's... That sounds right. I like New York less and less all the time. Mm, well, I've started to identify it so much with my own powerlessness. Well, you know, not to mention like Bloomberg is from here. Not to mention all the like, you know, rich, shitty liberals that are just surround me every day, you know, that are a real bring down. It's been tough. I- I'm a telling bring you. Down? Yeah. A bring down. It's yeah. It's been a bring down, dude. You Come could in. just say downer. Well, all right, fine. Listen, Brevity. Listen, I know, Brevity. I know. I, I'm I'm scattered right now. I'm anxious. I'm feeling it in my body. And, you know, I don't know. Do you feel it in your soul? Is Christmas all around you? You know. No? Anyone? <laughs> anyone? <laughs> what no? is that from? That Christmas movie where it's 37 <laughs> different. So you don't know where it's from. Fuck, either. what's it called? I'm very tired. I basically did your job. Yeah throwing heavy things all day yeah yeah and i am spent what the fuck is it called that christmas story it's got liam neeson crying and he's he's got his orphan. Liam neeson it's got everybody it's got liam neeson kira knightley uh is it a gary marshall movie is it one of those ensemble gary it's marshall a big movies? ensemble like, shit show like yeah. valentine's day where it's kind just, of yeah you know, but it's christmas something it's christmas something and it christmas, came out christmas yeah it came out in february i think because it was such a shitty movie that even though no it was, it, it was released during holiday oh time. it was okay. yes yes okay no um it's got diane not lane nope Keaton? one of the dianes um you know, having, you know, about to get fucked by her hot Latino co-worker. Oh. But then her, like, mentally distressed brother calls her, like, six times and, and you know, flies into the bone zone and blocks <laughs> her. Um, and she's reminded, you know, family is more important than fucking, I guess, is the moral of that story. Even huh. though you're just like, ooh, girl, you're going to be a spinster. Get that. You know, I'm not sure that that's true either. I, I disagree with the premise. 
What? Or I guess the stated conclusion that uh, family is more important than fucking. Oh, no, girl. She yeah. should have got it. She should have <laughs> yeah. hit it, quit it, and then <laughs> been like, hi, brother. Oh, hospital? Oh, yes, I'll be there um, after I wipe off. Why do you know so much about this movie? Was this like a thing I on TV it. that you no, watched? No, I owned it on DVD, saw oh, it in theaters. Really? Thank you. Um, and then I realized like upon a much later rewatch, I was like, this is so bad. Yeah. Wait, Love Actually is yes, also that's a Love Christmas actually. movie too, It's right? Love Actually. Oh, yeah. it is Love Actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's your favorite movie of all time. I can't believe it didn't come immediately no, to you. not my favorite movie Yes, of all it time. is. No. I think it's the movie you spend the most time talking about. It sure isn't. I think you reference Love Actually at no, least. No, that's the sweetest thing. Oh. I guess I get them confused. They're very different movies. Neither of those movies is for me. Is it the sweetest thing a Christmas movie? Too? No. Oh. It's okay. three single ladies out on the town in San Francisco oh, singing boy. songs about dicks being too big to fit in here. Wait, it's not like a musical, is it? No, there's. it's a very like early aughts, like let's throw it all in a blender, but it's kind of like a, uh, a sitcom, but it's really long. Right, right. There was something really bizarre about those like end of history era movies, like from 2000 mm-hmm. to 2003. Oh, yeah. Things like were not quite... Um, right. Well, you know how movies now are really... What's what's the word? They're really realistic. Like everything's yeah. pretty much a clear cut like drama or a period piece or, you know, they take it's themselves... It's not just a quirky shit show. Right. They take yeah. themselves seriously. Like that movie's not exactly a comedy... But it does have the presentation of like an NBC sitcom, you know? Like oh, a, fully out of like 30 Rock casting. Yeah, and the production value. Like Very it's all low. lit like TV. Very low, yes. Yeah, the sets are really shitty. Oh, I wonder, yeah. Why was, why was that going on back then, late 90s, early 2000s? That was a thing. That could get, you know, that was also, think about it. It was during the time where, you know, men were from Mars and women were from Venus. Right. And it was like, oh my God, the sexes, how different, how strange. And now we're just like, everyone fucks each other. Everyone's a little gay. Right. Fucking deal with it. Yeah. Apparently there's a show called Outlander. Have you heard of this show? No idea. What it the was fuck being described about. to me last night. And the only reason I was interested in it was, I guess the, um, oh, that, okay. Continue. The, um, the psychiatrist or psychologist character from mm-hmm. Mindhunter, mm-hmm. the kind of cold lesbian woman. Okay. Apparently she plays like a really sexy role and it's like a time travel so story. So you were sold. Yeah, I was sold. I was like, oh, cold, sexy lesbian. Okay. Okay. Apparently there's like a very good scene where she's gone down upon. Hmm. And well, good for her. It was presented very um, realistically. Ew. Yeah. Ew. This was described to me by a woman, by the way. I wasn't broing down about this. No, so I'm it's sure. not as well, problematic as it sounds. Based on, based on the women you were around yesterday uh, and the fact that I spent an evening on the couch with one of them going through the Amazon listings of who was watching what based on guesses. I think I know who oh, was watching okay, that. We okay. were like, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That Oh, that was you. Yeah. Did oh, you yeah. ever figure out if said person is using my account? No, because I my, asked. You did. And I she did said a point no. blank. Yeah. Okay. No. I mean, I guess we can say it's Erica. She's been on the fucking yeah. show. Before. <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you watching things? Cause there's some weird shit that pop up and she's like, I don't think so. I'm like, are you sure? I'm pretty sure she doesn't know that she's doing it, but that she does it. I don't know. Anyway. Potentially. Yeah. But I asked. I was like, are you fucking up the Rex? Mm-hmm. I mean, I fucked up YouTube for you on the television yeah. tremendously. Yeah, now I ha- don't care. Now my YouTube is gay instead of alt-right. Well, it's both. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's gay and I'm there's movie reviews. I'm getting a lot of Milo then... Yiannopoulos videos. <laughs> Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> no, you're just getting drag queens all over the place. That's all. Yeah, I know. I don't, you know, I frankly don't use YouTube that much. I don't know about you, but I only find myself using it in situations like tonight. I like it for live streaming news things, but I'm not like a YouTube um, person. I don't have favorite channels. I watch a show. Yeah. And then it was just like background noise while I was like 
living my best single life you know i was like oh i just need some noise in the background yeah speaking of indie end of history like late 90s sitcoms you sound like you were really feeling yourself like headphones on like sliding in your socks jerry Maguire style cleaning the house watching your drag videos definitely not i was okay. falling asleep on the couch at like 8 30 and then waking up going fuck oh, well you do that whether i'm here or not i know <laughs> but then i would just be up until like six in the morning and there was no one to be like six in the morning yeah um you know no shame right uh no aspersions cast um oh fuck Ooh, that was a good one yeah will's neck cracked I don't, I don't know if that picked up that i don't think so up. it might have Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um anyway oh so this is going to be one where you're out of things to say already that's okay that's okay i I think i can lead this one well i wanted to like i wanted to go see judd like um sunday but i never got around to it you know i was talking about this with somebody lately and i forgot that i'm a moma member now temporarily yeah and i could have thrown you the um you bitch the preview card but i'm assuming that's over now yeah it's already open to the public yeah yeah so all the hoggies are in there now was that oh hang on i think so we're getting a knock at the door. Will you go to the door? I have to not tip over in the bench. Okay, well, you're going to have to narrate I will fill while air. I go pick it up. Okay. I think it was a knock at the door or it was just a knock in general. I'm not 100% sure. Um, you know, we'll find out. I'm going to go with no. Going with no. False alarm. Okay. Speaking of false alarms, I had to live through the traumatic experience of potentially dealing with fleeing a fire in studio green and lewis yeah so last night i'm like hundreds of miles away and i find out via an instagram post to close friends i didn't blow that up i know i know but that potentially uh my house almost caught on fire and i lost would have lost all my worldly possessions Um, no i would have grabbed your computer yeah i guess yeah i was like uh okay the podcast archive save it well i was like i can grab all of my cashmere a book. That's so funny that that's the first thing that came to your mind was your cashmere. Well, no, I had all of my laundry like in my because I just picked it up. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can grab this and then throw a couple sweaters in there. And then I was like, okay, what books? Uh huh. What books do I take? And I was like, uh, they're all my babies. I don't know how to pick. No, I know. I wouldn't know how to pick either. Uh, I did learn how to pick because then I immediately started. I was like, oh, I need to do an inventory. What do I have? What is its current worth? Because uh-huh. what happens, what would happen if you like lost it or there was, you know, a hurricane? Right. Whatever. Yeah, Nor'easter sure. comes along and destroys all your books. The most likely scenario. Absolutely. You know, Godzilla <laughs> rises up from uh, Long Island Sound. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, damn. Well, you have an interesting book collection because like my books have sentimental or intellectual value to me and there's ones that I'd want to save. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't have very many books that are of real monetary value, but mm. you do, you have like artist books and things that yeah are precious. First editions, yeah. rare editions, things that are no longer available in the world right. to even buy the Charlene von Heil ICE catalog, no longer listed anywhere. Really? I have that one too. I know that might be high time to strike the fires and be like, who wants if that, w- if that was up over a couple thousand bucks, I would honestly sell it. I Last never time I it. saw it, I it was like 400 bucks. Yeah, but do you remember that era though, where it got real up there? It was I think two hundred dollars. Yeah. No, no, there was an there was a time when I saw it listed for a thousand dollars. That oh, doesn't fuck. that doesn't mean people were buying it for that much. It no. was just like on Amazon, like oh, one copy left, twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. Or whatever. Hmm. I'm sure nobody purchased it. No. Well, allegedly, one of these, the uh, Smithsonian, uh, not Smithsonian, the 
What's that design museum up East Side, 96th Street? Oh, Cooper Hewitt. Yes. The Sonia Delaunay catalog, $1,000. And I went, <clears throat> excuse me. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess that museum is sort of, I don't know, marginal enough that they probably don't print massive editions of anything they do. Yeah. Well, like one copy was $200 and one was 1000 And I went, what's the truth here? What is the truth? Right, telling? yeah. No, that's just somebody taking advantage. I think what I'm describing with the Charlene Van Heil book was much the same thing. Like yeah. somebody was just like, hey, there's not many of these out there. Why not? Let's just put four figures yeah. on it. But it's definitely not worth that no. much. But like the edition Quaitman is yeah, yeah. something. No, that's a real like artwork kind of yeah. an addition to work. That's like the ideal version of her art. Yeah, true. Like, um, oh, here's a book. Flip through. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they're pieces. Okay, got it. Oh, heavy-handed metaphor. Well, so anyway, to circle back though you were trying to rescue worldly possessions from mm-hmm. a potential fire. Why don't you describe it? Cause you were here. Well, I just heard dripping and I went, what is this dripping? Why are we dripping? Cause dripping has happened in this place before. And I've got, you know, when you're just like in a hazy state of just waking up from your, you know, nine thirty nap. Yeah. And you're like, what is this water sound? It sounds like a rushing river and I have to pee now. And then I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you and say, I don't know why I just lied when you asked, uh, do you know what it's like to wake up from your 930 nap and hear dripping? Uh, none of that applies to me. That's literally never happened to me. I don't take naps. <laughs> I would never take one in the middle of the night, let alone wake up for the it's second late time. evening. It's not the night. It's late <laughs> evening. Thank you. Listen, listeners, I'm going to need you to back me up here. Waking up at 930 from a nap is too late. I think no, we can all agree. on. Not that. if you like stay up until one in the morning. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a night howl. Okay. Anyway, I did to you what I hate when you do to me. So please continue. I know. I'm trying so hard to listen right now. It's very difficult. I'm so so tired. Um, Where was I? So it's dripping and then I go, what the fuck? And then I hear lots of running. And then I hear tap, tap, tap on the chamber door. Do you have a fire extinguisher? I have a fire in my apartment. And I go, that was a very calm way to ask that, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. You may, be want, uh, you may want to get on the phone with 911 and I don't have one. Too bad, so sad. I think I had one at one point. In this apartment, I'm not sure. I don't know. Which, by the way, though, go, go. I mean, there's go, go. a lot of things that aren't up to code exactly in mm. the studio building here, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. having zero fire extinguishers never occurred to me, and that yeah. is really sketchy. No. There's not one in the hallway. They don't have one upstairs. Yeah, there should really be one. one on every floor. Yeah, for sure. So... Yeah, we don't even have a fire escape here, we should also mention. So, oh, if Will, if Will can we get one of those inflatable slide things? That would be really cool. You know, when I was a kid, I used to have a metal ladder that was stored oh, the, under my bed, and you could hook it out the window, and yeah. like hook it on the windowsill. Oh. I always dreamed of using it. Well, dream might happen sooner rather than not, except we got bars in the window, yeah. so you're you going to no, die anyway. It took me two hours to remove them to get my air conditioner in, those security bars. I had to rip them off the wall, Hulk style. I don't know. So maybe like with a mother whose child is crushed under a car, you could I would do it. suddenly develop strength and be able to rip them out of the wall. Mm sure yeah i doubt that <laughs> but you you can dream your impossible dream i don't know i think we would just have to like climb over the the top, top half of the windows where there's no screen just chuck it a little higher oh yeah it would be okay we'd figure it out i would die um whatever <laughs> i would just scream like it was an episode of um american horror story and just scream balenciaga out the window while on fire <laughs> if anyone gets that please write in I'm sure there's women and gays that get that. Natalie, <laughs> yeah. help me out. Um, so, yeah, you just do that thing. And then I, this the reason why I talked about inventory is that I immediately went, renter's insurance, don't have it, should get it. 
I was like, okay, lemonade. I've seen enough Subway advertisements. That's the only one I know of. Let's yeah, do right. this. And then wow, like, yeah, the neoliberal, like, app-based shitty works. Yeah. ad with bold colored background in Helvetica. It worked. worked. Yeah. Well, no, they have a script font. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, but then I, it was like, how much are your worldly possessions? And it was like, do you have $30,000 worth of stuff? I was like, oh, no. Wait, is that like a minimum? For That's the minimum, $30,000. Yeah, I don't have $30,000 worth of shit in here. You might. I don't have $30,000 worth of shit in general. Like, I really don't. Uh, how much is your computer? That's 1000 The Joker could set my entire pile of cash on fire <sighs> at the local Chase branch. How and much I w- is all of that? Uh, several hundreds of dollars. It's several hundreds, yeah. I have a lot of several hundreds of dollars laying around, but... That's not going to add up to 30000 I'll tell you that right now. But think about... Do you have like a serious pile of cashmere in there? Are you telling me that you have like $6,000 worth of cashmere? If I had to replace my entire fucking wardrobe, which I threw out Erica Hickle, a full contractor bag full of clothes. Thank you. Wow, you didn't donate it? You just I donated straight chucked it? No, it? I, no, I donated it to the, the thingies. Oh, okay. The little... You know, Thank the, you. The yeah. mail bills. Yeah. The mail Thank slots. you for your service. I mean, it probably just goes in an incinerator anyway, whatever. Someone's going to get some silk cashmere and love their lives. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, fuck, I only have the good shit. And it's not necessarily just, so going back to the books, let's keep to the books. Don't judge my cashmere. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, it's not only the cost, it's also the process of acquiring. The timeline, like, you know, like if you have anything that's a collection, yeah. it's not necessarily, you have to think about the time sunk to rebuild the shit. Oh, okay. I would have to hunt this shit down, pay more than what I paid for sure. it due to you know, aging of things. I don't fucking know. But like, you know, there's things that I deem priceless that I could say that they're $5,000 worth. Uh-huh. Whatever. Um, Is this your experience from back when you were um, working in door-to-door sales? In finance? No. Yeah, in finance that... that you get to do that? You get no. to like add up the value of You could yeah, of time, yeah. Really? Well, you would insure That seems so abstract. Why would they insure you for that? Well, if you were a housewife, yeah. perhaps. You would think you would do this thing where it's like, well, she doesn't make any money. We don't have to replace her income. But then you do the how much would uh, comparable like hiring chi- a full care full-time nanny. Nanny to, and yeah. blah 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 and like all the housework that you don't do, you'd have to hire a maid and then have to blah, 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 like you know, you were you would spend more money. It's like, well just pay your wife. It asshole. it often works in divorce the same way. Yes. Guess how I know. Oh yeah, you, you might know. Um see? Yeah. So it's all these unquantifiable things that you're like, well, how much is my time worth? Cuz then it's also like how think about how much money you would have to like a, find another place that's so much time. Right. Especially in New York, you're just like, shoot me, please. Well, and all the dying. money you would lose in the meantime and getting temporary accommodation and stuff. That well, all that counts, was a I'm portion assuming. of it. That came with it. Oh, okay. If there was like, they would give you 12 grand yeah. if your residence wasn't livable so you could be in a hotel. We're talking about life insurance policies in case it's not clear. No, that's... Oh, huh, this is for renter's insurance uh-huh. still. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 16 bucks give you... Oh, okay. I mean, I guess if you throw in all of the like sunk cost is basically what we're talking about. Then, bas- yeah, sure. I mean, they're I've giving s- you a shitload of money. Basically, they're asking you like, hey, over the last five or 10 years, have you spent $30,000 on all the crap you own that's worthless? And the answer is always yes, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Think about it. Like uh, buying a bed is a lot. Right. You know, replacing all of your shit. Right, right. Like imagine you woke up tomorrow and you're like, I have no underwear. Yeah, that's true. Like, you have to start fully square one, the amount of time to accumulate all that shit, pain in the ass, like any prescriptions you lose, like that kind of stuff. Sure. Is, you know, all of these things matter. Right. 
And again, how much time did you spend collecting that? Quantify it. Yeah, right. I mean, right. So then I added an extra $10,000 because I was like, it's taking me a long time. So where did you land on this? What is renter's insurance at the lowest end like that cost? $16 a month. Really? Oh, that is really worth it. It seems really stupid given... Or like $200 a year. Yeah. I was like, whatever, fine. Yeah, that's fine, dude. I mean, fuck it. It's like another Netflix subscription or whatever. I have so many eels like that in my life just attached to me, whether it's Patreon Those are leeches, not eels. Okay, fine. Let's call them leeches. That's Mm -hmm. true. You're right. <laughs> Let's talk about zoology for yeah, a moment. Yeah. <laughs> if eels were attached to you, sir, you may be dying. Yeah, so I have so many How many 999s like a month is, are slowly draining you for, you know, all you're worth? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Endless. Well, I, you know, it's tax season, guys. So recently, I, I you know, I re-encounter this situation once a year when I actually look at my bank statements and go, mm. oh my God, I have the number one leech called alcoholism Mm. and the number two leech called just subscriptions that i don't remember that i really have oh yeah at this point because i just let them accumulate and you know like i'm the guy whose account everybody shares for everything true so like i have an amazon account that everybody uses netflix hb i have all of them and then i realize at the end of the month that like holy shit i might as well just pay for cable Mm. you know i also have podcasts that i pay for all all sorts of stuff so at the end of the day, yeah, what, $16 a month to, like, I don't know, get a little lump sum cash and get my Idaho compound. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was almost tempted with the, like, the thing of, you know, when you get the the new headphones, they're like, you get four months of Apple Music free. And I was like, get your Apple Music away. And I was like, wait, I want to listen to something new and I didn't want to buy it. And I don't know how to torrent things. Maybe I'll pay $10 a month forever. And then I was like, no, stupid. You're never going to use it that much. I don't know. I thought the same thing about Apple Music because I got conned by like a Mm. free month or whatever. And I do use it enough to justify $10 a month, I think. I don't think I would. Really? You don't listen to music ever, really? Not really. Yeah. Podcasts all the time, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very much on the same, same wavelength. But you don't have a day like when podcasts you don't like don't come out and you're... Like, all right. I'll yeah, those just are called check. Sundays, and I want to lose my fucking mind. Why is my boss texting me right now? Yes, I know. My... Did we get an ETA? I'm mad. Man, don't throw your stuff on the table. Sorry. It makes everything vibrate all crazy. I keep getting texts like, hey, did you notice this? I'm like, yes, we had this conversation, asshole. Mm-hmm. Not that he's an asshole, but I'm like, why are you babysitting me now? I'm just yeah, very no, tired. I know. I know. I know. <sighs> fairly competent even though i am fully exhausted thank you yeah yeah no you're doing great man um this is fine this is conversation about subscriptions so it's actually kind of terrible yeah no i know um, this episode has been kind of terrible but you know what we're kind of we're kind of due for one i think <laughs> due for a mulligan yeah you've, you've title of up <laughs> yeah definitely definitely um I, I was gonna say too i'm really excited to like do a short one because i feel like y- oh yeah did... we have to do like a 102 because they've yeah. been too long and i didn't even listen to the last one because i was like i got drunk at the end so i don't remember yeah, yeah. don't really want to um um yeah so because you did really long episodes with like not really long but long i just didn't cut anything right you you didn't cut anything with natalie and uh erica and then our last one was almost two hours and i feel like the couple that i recorded before i left for my trip were also really long were they yeah we've been doing marathons lately and i think it's bad i don't think yeah no gotta be 102 yeah 120 tops so guys if you're enjoying this meta conversation about how long the episode should be Right you're, in, you're in for another 35 minutes of it. Again, right in. Um, whatever. 
I do want to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Topic. Topic. So this beautiful Haywood Wakefield. Haywood Wakefield. Your favorite polo player. You're stealing my bits. Gotcha, And claiming them on mic. That was mine, you guys. It was mine. Says him. You're not allowed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so picture it. You're looking on Craigslist, and it's not for dick. It's for tables. And you're like, whoa, Haywood Wakefield. If you don't know who that is, look it up. Fuck you. Um, $100 side table. I'm like, ooh, cool. Haywood Wakefield. Gimme, gimme. You go, and you're like, oh, you're in Soho. Okay. Hi, yeah, I work in Soho. Is the table available? Yes. Meet me at 16 Green. I have a landline. Cash only. And I'm like, okie dokie. You have to be 117 years old. Not the eponymous green, by the way. Manhattan green. Yeah, no E green, or it has an E. It has an E as well. That's a street, though. This is an avenue, darling. Yes, this is an avenue, darling. Um, Named for Nathaniel Green, famous Revolutionary War general. Huh? Yeah. Oh. Um, huh. The storming of Fort Ticonderoga. That wasn't the pencil factory? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so you're I'm picking glad up, that tickled you a little yeah, bit. It did. That was pretty good. That was a good one. Um, you're okay, picking so, up a table on Nathaniel Green Street. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Going over, do, 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 take out some cash because I was like, whatever. Like, no checks. I'm like, who the fuck carries checks, asshole? Do you have Venmo, old man? No, old man doesn't have Venmo. Wait, they had to specify not to use a check? Yeah, yeah. nobody does that anymore. Come I don't on. No, I I feel like if you're someone who's cruising antiques on Craigslist, you're probably like, maybe I'll write a check because you are of a certain age. Yeah, I'm spiritually perhaps. of a certain age. So this tracks. Um, go in. I'm like, okay, it looks newish. And then I go in the building. I'm like, oh, you know, like those, the myths of the downtown studios of yesteryear? Yes, of course. It exists, bro. Yeah. I've been in one or two in my day. Holy fuck. One and a half height floors. Wow. But it's a bowling alley because it goes all the way to Mercer. Wow, wow, wow. And there's a the actual basement, which he owns too, which is the dark room. Very cool. Wow. So this was a gentleman of a certain age, let's say. He was like in his 60s or yeah, 70s. Yeah. I'm going to say so. he looks spry. But he's been there since forever. You know, he bought it. Or he something. bought the basement first, and then like the upper floor became available. And obviously, it's not taken care of. So like whoever he bought it from like had it forever too. And I was like, I haven't done the research of like because you can obviously the downtown you can figure out like who worked and lived down there, like who worked at Sixteen Green. Just didn't do that yet. Um, so like there's history there, and I was like, what the fuck? Because they were like choppy, like Bushwick bushwick style like we cut a mezzanine floor and there more people could live on there bro well they wouldn't say bro they would say man and then give you a joint yeah right um he's like yeah just blew it all out fuck it and like you know but it was like that kind of wonderful like wow this does still exist and then you get a a sick deal because he's like oh you're you're an artist too pay me however much like cool yeah, that is a really charming story. I'm really glad to hear that, like, he was sympathetic and that that was the case. Like, you know, because I, I would hope that I would react similarly in a situation where you know that the person you're selling it to, like, will cherish it. That it's not just some fucking asshole from Bedford Avenue. Well, I think he was kind of surprised. Like, you know, me in a baseball cap and a little scruffy looks a lot younger than I actually am. So to be like, I'm, I'm interested in Haywood Wakefield, 30s. 
1937 furniture. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Like, you know, that's charming to someone who's old. And when sure. I say, like, I have studio, they're like, oh, child, you don't have money to be giving me this nice furniture. Take it. Yeah, right. Like, that. it's not, I'm like, oh, it's, it, it reminded me of, like, your interactions with uh, Manfred. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, where it's like someone who's been downtown forever. And I was like, you know, there's still hope. Yeah, totally. For this, you know, godforsaken money pit of a city. Right. That like there's still people who are like, I mean, God knows where this man gets his money from. Well, it sounds like he's probably a landlord at this point. I don't know. At least partially, you know. Something. Something. Um, I think that happened to a lot of people that were sort of lucky enough to be here when New York was really downtrodden. Oh, yeah, because it's right on Canal, so like that would have been burnt out. You know, know. and survive all the crime and crises and AIDS and stuff. Yeah. And like... um, you just sort of, I think that happens to a lot of people even still, but to a lesser degree, like you just sort of stay here long enough that you end up having an investment in the city, yeah. meaning real estate more or less, yeah. but I don't mean that in a negative way. I think that there's a lot of like more or less middle-class people by but the city with, standards yeah. that end up in a position where they're pretty comfortable. Or they have sweetheart deals. Yeah. Maybe. And in yeah. a nice situation, you know, um, yeah, I the, like, the artist you referred to before, I'll say his whole name because he's a cool guy and, and he's a relatively good artist too, Manfred Moore. Hmm. Um, he lives in like a huge uh, Tribeca loft in the same building as like David Letterman. John F. Kennedy Jr. used to live there. Hmm. Um, R.I.P. But yeah, he's a really sweet man and he just had the same thing. Like he bought the apartment in the late 70s for nothing and then just kind of waited it out and when people came and were like hey we'll buy this for like two million dollars she was like no thank Eat you shit. thank yeah. you yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it affords him a place in new york and a place in paris because his wife is french french and rich yeah is she like you know Teresa Hines level rich you know i don't know i don't know if is she's she independently wealthy or not i just assume that i'm not really sure is she like you know gray poupon mustard rich she's the 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 gray heiress well, you know, I also take it back. I don't think she's French. Manfred is German. I think she's also German. She or, must be Belgian. Or Austrian or Belgian or something like that. And they just lived in Paris for a long time. It was sort yeah. of that, like, they're old enough that it was sort of that post-war thing where... When everybody fucking because it's the end of the world. Well, not only that, where, like, Americans were living in Paris because it was still oh, that... Oh, it was post-war and you could go on the Murphy Bill. Yeah, well, and it was is that... Is it the Murphy Bill? Well, I don't think he was a veteran or anything. Oh. Uh, if that's what you mean. I don't know. Um, but it was just that it was just that era where the transition from Paris to New York was like not yet complete. They were probably on the tail end of that. It was in the Kelly era of like, you know, working yes. in Coeny Slip, you know, which I don't know where that street is, by the way. Do you know where that is? Say it again. Coeny Slip, C-O-E-N-T-I-E-S-S-L-I-P. It's like a little big hmm. street somewhere and I don't know where it is. No, you know, if I if I had to guess, like I think even farther south than the area you were in, like the Lower East Side or Soho. I feel like it's, it's around Beach Street or it something It starts like that. to get really... Clusterfucky? Um, yeah, even in Chinatown, I mean, like in the Five Points and stuff, there's like small, tiny streets that are like diagonal and are just I think it's more or less alleyways. Side, but yeah, Tribeca sure, proper. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, for all the outside of New York people, I'm sure that's very intriguing. What? All the- Describing like minor streets and neighborhoods no one's ever heard of. Well, everything has a fucking Chase Bank on it and a goddamn Popeye's chicken, so like it all looks the goddamn same yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like you want to go to Pret? No. Okay. Um, Pret is where I go before I get a Greyhound bus to to Rhode Island. 
because pret's the only decent food in port authority wow this is a terrible episode we've we've really covered like all of the most did you see my eyes glaze over yeah oh no we keep regressing oh no bitch i think you know what i think it's a curse on this podcast when port authority comes up do you remember like the first time we had alan on the show and we talking about port authority port authority bus station i think every time port authority comes up the episode starts to tank where you know, like we had Alan on that first time and we were having like a delightful conversation. And then you started asking him about how he got back from somewhere. Yeah, because I was <laughs> I was in the same position of being so bodily tired, I'm sure, where I was like, yep. hi, what? What is the problem? Anyway, what? I'm pointing it out only to indicate that I think that should become a new trope of this po- podcast. Oh, okay. Like anytime we get into boring territory. We just go, that's a little port that's authority. A little port authority. Oh, exactly. I like that. Yeah, that's that a good? good turn of phrase. I like this. <laughs> Ooh, that's it's it's kind of like you know like ooh, you got a little sugar in your tank yeah exactly you know but you know but boring mm-hmm. oh that's funny i that's kind of charming yeah i think that's nice we should we should remember that one we got business papers now mm-hmm. um what else we got we don't have much <laughs> jesus fucking christ i just have sounds yeah well your sounds are iconic everyone loves them Oh, you know, I was told by an unnamed associate that I shouldn't let you host the show solo anymore. Why? Well, you know, they didn't approve of your performance. Excuse? Yeah. Who? The Democratic National Committee. The deep state. That's why let's, you're losing let's in the call South, them fuckers. That. <laughs> yeah. um, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway. Why? It's fine. I also, I don't know, I, you know. The yeah. pressure to perform and do it for the first time is very difficult. No, and I and well, and I and I will say, like I said to you on the past episode, earnestly, like for what I heard of it, I thought you did a really good job. Okay. I think I, you, I think you're perfectly. We don't competent. need to. No, we don't need to. Like you know, glad handle me anymore. I'm fully confident and okay. tired enough. Yeah, that to, you're not even interested in being complimented right now. That's unusual. absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I don't need your compliment because I know I'm fucking amazing. <laughs> Uh, I have the confidence of a 26 year old white woman. Yeah. So oh fuck boy. You. I think, I think when, uh, <laughs> I think when Ron, um, inevitably comes on the podcast, I think it should just be you and him. Like, I think I shouldn't even be here for it. That would be really, that would be a really funny conversation. No, honestly. So strange. Yeah. I think you would be very uncomfortable. This is my prediction. I think you would be uncomfortable doing your like gay, vamping mm. in front of my father i think that would intimidate you oh i think it would be a mutual... he would be for it mm. but it would make him uncomfortable yeah 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 be like how, can we talk about fisting ron yeah you <laughs> know maybe just kidding i wouldn't actually no. do uh, no um sorry well, i lose anyway. my I, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry i didn't know if you saw something on the tv or no what. i just like when my brain like empties out i just look at the potted plant and i just get fixated by it i'm like i know that that means that like my brain no worky yeah i'm like oh that's a cool shape bro like yeah um hmm. we're, we're at about 36 minutes do you do you I, we, i'm we not asking to, for we a need break to crank out 20 more minutes yeah yeah I'm do just... you do you mind talking about the election and stuff for a second since yeah, move your arm though. I need to see what's going on. I can't see what's going on. Amy's still getting votes. If that gives you any indication, well, early voting. There was a lot of Amy votes already in, whether oh. anybody liked it or not. Why are people still voting for Tulsi, even with early votes? They knew that shit. What? I don't know. Tulsi stands are pretty hardcore. Did I tell you when I was in Nevada, I ran into a Tulsi stand? Were they wearing I met a white power suit and 
No, they weren't. They were a man, a nerd, oh. a lanky dork gamer, probably. Ooh. And he sauntered right up to the to the Nevada caucus in a Tulsi t-shirt, loud and proud. And all the Bernie people went nuts. The three or four of us that were standing in front, we were like, yo, Tulsi, we've never like seen a real Tulsi You're person. in the wild. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know Tulsi's not going to make it, but I'm coming to Bernie. And we were like, hell yeah, dude. And meanwhile, like the dorky Warren supporter and the horrified Klobuchar supporter and the disinterested Joe Biden campaign staffer were all like, what? Why does everybody like this person? <laughs> She's Russian. I want to... Well, that's up your alley. Yeah. Um, I want to know, do people who like Amy Klobuchar, do they all wear those ill-fitting Ann Taylor suits as well? Uh, Yeah, probably. Well, what you saw on the ground. Well, I, you know, I didn't encounter too much Amy on the ground. Um, the... Supporters I talked to the most were the two people at the Nevada caucus that were hardcore Amy stands. And the husband was, it was one of these situations like we discussed last time where he was the one that was going to speak for the family. Oh. So I never heard a peep from his wife. And he was just some like awkward dork that was like, you know what? I like the caucus. I think it's good that supporters get to like get up in front of their community. And I was like, motherfucker, working people can't vote. This is inefficient asshole. Yeah, shut your fucking mouth, you idiot. This is where we want the math pin and be like someone make an app that's not bent toward the candidate yeah. to make this work you know and in the uh, in the other situations that i ran into amy people it was actually you know what it was exactly the same the uh, the one household that i knocked on where the dad voted for bernie and it was the daughter and wife that were amy supporters they weren't allowed to talk of course so i mean maybe that's the dynamic with like amy sells is sure they probably Hometown wear the pants suits, but like they're not allowed to talk when the man's present it's like a Hasidic situation. She does look like one. Well, whoever's styling that synthetic wig <laughs> needs to get their fucking life. Um, <laughs> well, so anyway. it's a lot of man. Uh, huh? That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. And like, who knows? Like, uh, most of her support huh. comes from her home state. I have no idea what people in Minnesota are like. They're truly, s- they're serial killers. Yeah, I mean, Ted far- Bundy is from. Is he really? I thought he was from Florida. What's the other one? John Wayne Gacy. A lot of them. A lot of Minnesota. Maybe. I, I'm people. not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of serial killers are typically from the Pacific Northwest, actually. Well, isn't Minnesota the one that's like a, a mitten, or is that Michigan? Wow, dude. Are you really serious about this? Yes, Michigan is the mitten. So, Minnesota. Minnesota is the one that's like the crescent. Yes. Yeah, it's like a hook hand before it stabs you in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the uh, claw of a bug in Starship Troopers. It's yeah, going to stab you right through the heart. Yeah, it's going to slice your hand off so you can't get away. Yeah, exactly. You can't defend yourself. That's right. And then you have your stumpy hand and you have to beat away your attacker and you know before it gets turned into a chandelier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dear Minnesotans, I know you don't listen. I looked at the metrics. Eat shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've ever gotten anybody from Minnesota, so fuck them. But whoever, that's Spain listener. Yeah, I know. Who's the Spain, right? Listen, that's really curious. I need you to write in. I know, I know. We already asked this once. Actually, that might have ended up on a Patreon one. Oh. So, hey, Spanish listener, who the fuck are you? Why do you listen to the show? It's legitimately baffling to us, and we would love to. Hear I appreciate from you. it. Yeah. And are you hot? Uh, I bet most Spanish people. Well, never mind. Mm. I know a couple of fugly Spaniards, but 
Now they're not going to listen. That's um. another one <laughs> off the two hundreds of listeners. Great. Thank you. Um, but yeah, anyway, write in, talk to us. Hmm. Call in. Yeah. That'd be a, <laughs> I would, I would giggle a little if bit. If we did a call in episode with a Spanish person that was like really obviously ESL. That we couldn't talk to. Someone that spoke like Catalan, like a dialect where you had no yeah. access We're to. We're like, uh, <laughs> yo soy, this is my most Lo lo siento. long island <laughs> Spanish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Move. You have to move that arm, your left arm. I can't see the television to give you updates about. Yeah, I don't. The I, weather I, I don't think that you should. I, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about this, which Jane Pauly's still on TV. Oh, geez. Okay, don't stop getting distracted, please, please. Mm. We we only have to do like twenty more minutes. Just focus. You can listen for twenty more minutes. Ah, okay. So hard. Please just try. Okay. Mm. Thank you. Um, as long as you don't Joe Rogan at the table. Well, really. you, you get it out of your system now, because I probably am going to do mm. that, and mm. I'm just gonna need you to let me have my little soliloquies. Okay. You got it out. You got your bit out. Mm. Did I? Is it all out? I don't know. You we'll don't see. have to hold it back 100%, but scale it back like 50%. For That's me. what my uh, nighttime visitors <laughs> say. Um, sorry. God. <laughs> you left yourself open for that one. That was badly, you know, that was badly timed. Um, I'm, I'm starting to realize that, like, y you know, usually podcasts even freeform ones like this mm -hmm. have like a nice arc to them where you do a little bit of banter and then you find and settle on a subject and then you kind of like ease into a serious part of the conversation. I'm starting to realize that's never going to work with you. That if I want to have my like earnest moments, cause that's what I'm good at. And the funny things are what you're good at. I got to start like front loading it with this. I got to just start right away. Cause it never works. As soon as, as soon as we hit 40 minutes, you're a distractible like mm. cat with a laser pointer and I cannot get a hold of that you. was five minutes today. So I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> anyway. So I mean, do you want to cry out loud right now? I, or kind, like, of, I kind of do. I, I do. I do want to just get it out of my system. Hosanna, Hosanna. Why have you forsaken me? Well, well look like here's the thing. I'm having this troubling. It's a personal realization. It has to do with all the, with all the political stuff, but I'm, but I'm realizing something lately. Um, What's happened to me in like, Working for Bernie in particular, mm -hmm. and, and I don't know, going out and canvassing and like having to open up a little bit and like talk to people and be in situations that are uncomfortable for me, and you getting had to talk to strangers. Yeah, well, and getting really accustomed to doing that mm -hmm. and sort of relying on it um, as a pickup. I mean it. Wait, what? I mean it as like, oh, well, as a, like an emotional a pick me up. Yes, not a pickup. That's Sorry. why I gave you the eyes. I'm like, keep, excuse me. Yeah, I keep omitting words like that, but that's what I mean. Is like I, I've been relying on it. It's been an emotional pick me up. It feels good to do something that's relatively selfless and like just interact with the world in a way that I'm normally not open to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've realized lately, especially on a night like tonight, like like I said earlier in the episode, like we're watching the results come in and it's looking like an absolute disaster so far. Um, I don't know what's going to happen if this evaporates on me. Mm. And I have two thoughts about that. One is like, you have to be courageous in a situation like that. And like, if like fighting for a leftist cause is what I truly believe in, 
you got to get used to losing. Like that's mostly what happens and that's unfortunate, but that's a historical reality. Um, and if you really believe in what you say you believe in, then when the cards are down, like you have to be at your strongest, you know, we're not whiny. We're not complainers. Like you get up and you fight again and you don't give up on this and start to moderate. Right. Like that's what I've been critical of on this show and off for the last two years. Moderate, moderate, or become or slide into moderation. Moderate your your not only like your political opinions, but also yourself. Like if you believe in a certain type of moral clarity, you can use any like particular issue you want. But like if you believe that everybody should have healthcare as a human right, like let's just say that. I know it's a Bernie talking point, but like then it doesn't matter. If that never comes true, it doesn't matter if the wind is not at your back ever again. You don't get into a conversation and not defend that. Can I ask one question? Yeah. I don't understand the wind at your back metaphor. What does that mean? Is that a sailing thing? It's a sailing metaphor. That's where you feel the the gusts propelling you. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. It means when you have momentum or like when you have some power, you know. Got it. Okay. Um, So even in a situation like that, like, it's interesting because artists are mostly dealing in moral ambiguity, but you can't really deal with that in politics. Yeah, what? Yeah. I mean, sure, I, I think good artists have to be comfortable with moral ambiguity. Like making an interesting painting has nothing to do with being right. In fact, no. if you have a statement to make, you're going to make a pretty bad mm. like art piece. Well, we talked about this the other day. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, like when people's lives are at stake, or, you know, when you're talking about the exercise or acquisition of power, that's what politics is. Like, I don't think that moral ambiguity is something that I'm willing to tolerate. Hmm. In fact, I believe that's like the cause of a lot of our problems, as I've espoused many times. Like, you can't, you know, let's use the paper bag metaphor from the last episode. Like, you can't, yeah, you don't remember that. <laughs> it was your metaphor and it was very good. The paper bag test? Well, you know. What? Oh, punching out of a paper bag? Yeah, in terms of oh, our okay. reality, like if 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 our political or social situation is the paper bag, like do you just tinker with the seams until you make a perfect world or do you try to break that open and have real possibility? Hmm. And so I think that's a pretty cut and dry issue for me. I don't think tinkering works. I think it causes problems. Um, uh. And making trade-offs is not necessarily a good thing in the political realm. You have to stand up for something. Well, ideally, yes. I do think like, you know, when you, whenever you use the word politicking as a verb, what you're talking about, again, is negotiation. We talked about uh, that. I remember from the last episode. It's, it's an, all politics is negotiation to get something for everyone, for both sides. I know how gross that seems, but you know, when really decide if you are in politics in American politics you are for the people so really you shouldn't negotiate for your end you're negotiating for a unspeaking third party who has just voted you into office or whatever right yeah um, that's the principle it's rarely lived up again I in an idealized state right? yeah yeah so what I was thinking about when you were you know uh, waxing um is that forgive me for this mild criticism sure. let me just throw this 
you go in on things whole hog when you go in. That's true. Right? In in the grand schemes. It's a it's very you're at the ten thousands out. Really like that fucking Eames metaphor right now. Just like the the you know, the zoom out, right? Right. Um but not asking like go get micro penis on it, everything, but like you know, if if you know whatever's happening, Bernie just won something. I don't know what it was. Um, it changed. Don't worry. Oklahoma going to fucking Biden. Whatever. Um, oh, that's not good. Anyway, c- continue. They're in with Oklahoma. Their sh- fucking state is shaped like a fucking frying pan. They can eat shit. Um, anyway, it's Texas's li- hat. Anyway, so maybe my challenge to you would be: so if this, you know, you know, you're at the you're up here right and this is what you care about yeah maybe you have to do it a little more local yeah and i don't mean like get aoc and like run for congress or whatever but like would maybe volunteer maybe actually like doing some ground level good sure could give you that same level of the warmth that you felt in the connectivity yeah because what you're talking about is connecting with people which you don't do in the ivory tower of capital in the art world that you existent right right no not at all you're with the same insular people and you hang out with the same insular people and like you don't really talk to people who don't have this any differing ideas that you do right but like what if you were like oh i'll go volunteer at whatever whatever the fuck well i don't know I, I, i'm not saying this is a prescriptive i don't want to say that but i do think like as someone who is always up here who has dipped in your toes in the down here part right you might want to think about it. You might feel some warmth and you don't, you won't do that emotional crash. Like a, sh- it's like a sugar crash. It is. Yeah, you're right. Well, um, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And, and this is interesting because this actually came up yesterday. Mm. Um, friend and listener of the show, Gwen, she works with like disadvantaged and formerly, you ab- would be a great facilitator and abused and addicted women in art therapy. And it came up, I was it's sort of in jest, but I was like, Hey, I would like, like to meet your ladies. And she was like, Oh, you know, you can like volunteer, you can schedule yeah. an event and you can do something. And yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Like it, it, that has occurred to me too. Um, and that was yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is before the results tonight in, in, in which I think we're not going to get what we want. And uh, I think your we doesn't have to be such a, you know, Oprah. Well, wee. you know, you know, to stand up for that for a second, because I do think you're right. Y- you and, I, and I hear and I take your criticism. But to stand up for that for a second, like I think a thread in my life artistically and personally has always been like a belief in universality. Like I mm. don't. Um, it's not to say that local change isn't effective. It absolutely is. And it absolutely is for me. I mean, that's what canvassing does yeah like it's a selfish endeavor on my part and i and i hate to admit that because that's not in the spirit of like but you also canvassed in places that were not where you live not at all yeah think about think about uh, there's something there sure i don't know what that is it's the other being an other in another environment right and it's like oh you actually live in a place people could know your name like right. it could be more personal sure um hmm. But again, like, like I just want to say, like, I do think like universality is an important thing, yeah. and shooting and shooting big is a big part of my life. I think that's why I often hit that crash. Like, I think your analysis is right on point. Is shooting that, like, big is a big part of your life. Hmm. Yeah, ladies. I, I mean, right in. <laughs> um, you're welcome. But uh, but you're exactly right. It's like I make myself crash though because I expect I expect the world, and you're never going to get that. You know. 
when you ask for the moon, you want the moon. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. Yes. Fuck the stars, man. I want the fucking moon. I want You're the like, moon. stars are better. They're farther away. It's a bigger idea. It's right, like, right. no, they're small. Fuck them. It's right, like, right. they're bigger. They're, they're suns, asshole. You know, and this this leads me to like the second part of what I wanted to talk about. Like ha- having having a personal realization that like for the first time in a long time, and I mean a long time, like what what being involved like this has done is, and this is going to be cheesy, so please bear with me. Um it's like open it's opened my heart up to other people and other situations and I don't just mean strangers like I mean to you I mean to my friends like I, it's made me more sensitive as a person which I think is good but you can get more sensitive yeah ew unfortunately Ugh. but I've avoided that for a long time because the biggest fear in my whole life is having my heart broken and like I think that that's about to happen Oh, sweetie, you've been done. You love getting a heartbroken this, so I don't know what. Well, I don't. I don't. Will. Mm. I mean, like, like the the reason mm. I don't get into relationships easily, the reason that I take them hard, no matter what, is exactly this problem. Mm. And like, I've been avoiding it for a decade. Okay. You know, and I don't know. I saw something and see something still in in a mass movement that brought me a lot of hope and like put me in a position where. I that I haven't felt for a long time. Okay. And I'm I'm crestfallen at the idea that it would disappear, that it would fail. Um I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm I'm just I'm literally speaking from the heart in the sense that I'm feeling in a doomer mood. Okay. And like this is where I'm at. Again, and- you have to think about what what is failure. Fail, uh, failure statistically or what in an eventful failure right is just that it's an event it's not a failure in terms of changing people's minds or again changing your own mind right. about things like not to you know draw the silver lining around the your doom or cloud but it's like if your engagement has spurred something else yeah or a certain awareness like it's not bad and you know like you don't want to be like an ugly crier at the javits center november 9th 2016 right because that's gross and that image lives forever but because then what did that do that just hardened people yeah which is everything that you hate well exactly that's i mean that's why i said that at the beginning of this conversation i mean it it brings me back to part one of this which is like you have to be courageous in the face of adversity even if you're about to lose and that's why i mean i put it really crassly when i said like we are not libs like that is not what we do like if you're if you're part of this cause, it's because you're tough and it's because you have courage. And no, you're not going to ugly cry if it all goes wrong. But I'm afraid for myself. This is part two on the personal level that like, yes, I will. And like the real test right now, I'm not saying tonight, but I'm saying over the course of the next couple of months or just in my life in general is like, don't don't do that. You know, don't succumb to that like actually get tough and maybe i'll learn a personal lesson and maybe we all will too that is the outcome that is the ideal outcome well also what you're talking about is idealism in a certain regard right absolutely you know like and if you are an idealist you don't just become like a ground like you know did you see that thing with what's her face oh who's that lady writer lady cantankerous old cunt barbara Ehrenreich. who are we talking about here there's a lot of them 
I can't remember the name. Well, what was the point of the article? Maybe it'll come to you. It was an interview where she was like, oh, this guy, this Bernie guy, he fled from New York when he was in his 20s. You want to be in New York when you're in your 20s. What is he talking about? He went to the country. You go to the country when you're old. I love New York. Eh. What is her name? Writer. Well, don't worry about Look it. Look Susan Sontaggy, sure, but isn't. Sure, sure. Don't, don't worry about her name. Camille Paglia. I mean, no. yeah, who are we talking about here? It doesn't matter. What Whatever. was your point? Like, you know, you don't want to be that kind of person who's like, eh, I was left when I was young and I, right, like, no, you don't no. want to be like this hardened person who's like, I had ideals once and I lived them and fuck you for not, it's like, excuse me, ma'am. Right. Which, you know, if, if given that, like, you don't want to be that person who hardens. That's exactly right. I mean, that, that's an interesting observation and it hadn't occurred to me till now that like, this is also part of growing older and I, and I think like. There's the cliche that like people that grow older get more conservative, right? And I don't necessarily yeah. mean that in the political sense, but in an overall sense where things like that happen, where you harden is maybe a more apolitical way to put it. But I don't want to be that. It's and, like a scab. You and, don't want to be a scab, no, right? No. Well, and th- and this is an interesting moment, I think, um, especially for people that are interested in Bernie Sanders and what's going on right now is like... This is a generational test for millennials. Like we are exiting our youth in a major way. Every day a millennial becomes a middle-aged person, you know. What? Pretty much. Well, I am bald. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean think about all of us and it's like I don't want my impending fear of mortality to harden me. What? I, yeah. Ew. Um I don't want my fear in general to have an effect on me. And tonight I'm afraid. Oh. You know, and and, and I don't and I don't want to and I don't want that to creep in, you know, you know, Ulrika gave me some really good advice when I was in Nevada. Um, I was telling her, like, you know, I feel really weird right now because I feel so good. uh, But just in this in this sense that I have so much momentum, so much velocity, you know. Yeah, you can have velocity in dry heat. Yeah. (laughs) But like. I couldn't describe my feeling where I just felt, I felt in tune with everything. I felt present for the first time in a long time. Like, let's put it that way. Um, Drag heat. I wasn't living in the past. I wasn't living in the future. I was living right now and like things were good. And it was, it was also good. impulsive, you know, like it was, it behooves you to do impulsive things. That, well, that was, that was a huge reason why it was important and it was a factor in my mood. Right. But you know, what she said to me was don't grip it. Like, meaning don't try to hold on to that feeling right now. That present feeling is not something that you can keep. And it was really good advice because my first instinct is to hold on to that and then immediately crystallize it into nostalgia. No, you make it into a diamond. You take that coal and you pressurize it and then it's a diamond and then it cuts your hand. Well, I, I beg to differ a little bit. That's what I tend to do, right? Yes. But what she was telling me to do was like, no, like you don't do that. That's a bad, that's unhealthy. Let it slip away. And I've taken that advice to heart, but like what I also feel like is, um, why am I acting like I'm a well-adjusted person who's <laughs> giving this fucking advice? Well, you, you, you have, you have no choice. You're playing off me right now. So that's what I need. I also, so thank you. I also advocate for just general hedonism. So like, I'm not really that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, get but attached to, to, to things, but it get attached to, you know, to finish, to finish that thought real quick. Yep. That, that idea of don't grip it was, yeah. was really important and let it slip away. But, I realized recently that the reason for letting it slip away is that now that can be a thing that you can cherish rather than turn into nostalgia. Like that can be a memory you carry with you 
and that you don't wait what this is a realization you're having right now yeah yeah i'm being i'm being i'm being serious i think i tended to take things i think i tended to take things like that and idealize them in a negative way to crystallize them or make them into a diamond as you said and instead of doing that like just let it forever be liquid but that doesn't mean you can't cherish it hold on i just need to just really quickly really quickly That wasn't loud enough. It Put picked in, up. Put in I can yay, turn it up. Okay, yeah. Put in yay, kids. Because <laughs> Jesus, as long as I've known you, this whole like your nostal, your nostalgia trips. Yeah. Are a are large part of. Sorry, I gotta do some microphonics. Uh, are a large part of what you base your mental math on. Yeah. I don't have words. That's what I'm going with. Whatever. But to have that moment, congratulations. Yeah, it, it, it feels good um, personally, but as we sit here tonight, like for obvious reasons, it's it's really bittersweet. Oh, fuck Maine. Um, sorry. Did Maine go to Biden? It's looking that way. Oh, no. They're Canadian. Fuck them. Well, anyway. They we, love guns. We, we hit our hour. Let's just stop right there because I, I need to go back to being sad now. No. Yeah. We're being... <laughs> this is called a coping mechanism. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I know. Um. Uh, we had a nice episode, I guess, but uh, heads see, up. we let it get serious. So yeah. I, I, I did that. You did your part. Thank you. No, don't, no, thank you. Um, I don't know why I'm being adversarial, but yeah, you're, ju- yeah, you're just not used to it. You, you are lamenting the fact that I'm getting more sensitive. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, it sucks. You're a sensey boy. You know, you know. For every time you I say know. like someone's a soy boy. Oh, I'm the number one soy boy. Tofu bitch extraordinaire. Oh, yeah. Like... My man titties speak volumes. And we should end there because I'm going to go vomit out out of the window. Um, (laughs) Okay, let's actually do it.